Welcome to Nutty Buddy Entertainment, and today Luke and I will do part two of our NBA talk, and we're going to break down each series left and give our takes and predictions for the playoffs moving forward. That's right now here on Nutty Buddy Entertainment. now about the Clippers versus the Jazz and I believe they play tomorrow night correct right yep the fact that the Clippers beat the Mavericks when they went 20 of 39 from three in game three kind of tells you the the talent level (laughs) that we're dealing with here on the Clippers Mm -hmm. and and that when they're playing to their capabilities I, they have the highest ceiling in the West of the teams that are left. And I think they did in the first place. I think they had the highest ceiling. We talked about that, but um, Kawhi Leonard shot 60% for the series over 60% for the series. That was seven games over 30 points a game. They were not just at the rim. He shot 40 something percent from three. That is absurd. That is unbelievable. They, the, the stat I saw said that the only other guy to ever do that in a playoff series was Shaq in the NBA Finals. Shot 60% for a series and 30 points a game, at least. Crazy. That's that's unreal. And Shaq was dunking it and right. making little hook shot things. And by the way, Shaq used them. People think he just dunked it. Like, that's not it. But I mean, he had the floater in the mid-range. He had the he had sweet moves down low, but they were all by the rim. Right. They're all by the rim. Mm-hmm. Kawhi is making mid-range jump shots and spinning and getting to the right and dunking on people. And the next time down pulling up with someone in his grill, unbelievable, unbelievable. I think there's an argument to be made right now that he's been the best player in the postseason, even with everything else that's been going on where you have Willard going nuts and Luca doing what he did. Kawhi did it on both ends. Yeah. That has to matter. I mean, Kawhi chose, he had two points in the first quarter of game six they Luca the style is not to do that so you immediately look at the numbers you know that but the fact of the matter is Kawhi then plays the game realizes hey I'm gonna need to score for us to win this game scores all the points down the stretch in the fourth quarter I mean at the same time though he's playing defense and and people will be like well why isn't he playing defense and Luca from start to finish why is he doing first of all because that would be dumb Right. to wear out your best offensive player in the first half. or You just don't do that. Like, oh, if he was that good, fine. If you're going to be a critic, go ahead and be a critic. But second of all, though, the Mavericks set screens and the way they play with the, how their offense and how everything works, everything is predicated on Luka reacting to the situation, right? So if you're guarding Luka and they set a screen on you and you chase over it, Luka will then get you on his back or his side, take a few dribbles, make everyone move, react to him moving closer to the hoop, and then make a decision from there. So it's like, well, Kawhi should stay on him. Okay, but when they set that screen, you're not, you're just not always able, they're, they're all, with all the movement, you can't just fight over every screen and expect that you're going to come out guarding Luka in front of you. Right. Team defense is such a huge thing. People don't understand how big team defense matters. They just look at one-on-one matchups and they say, well, why can't Giannis guard Durant? Just guard him. It's not, it's not that simple. 
it, it, you guard as a team in especially, I mean, in any organized basketball level, high school, college, or NBA, you, you guard as a unit. Right. And so the problems that were happening at the start of the series was as soon as Luca would take a, a step this way, Reggie Jackson, sometimes Nicholas Batum, I'm naming guys like it's only them, but you would notice that they're taking a step. And as soon as they take that step, Luca's going to kick it. And that guy's open for three. You don't want him taking that step. And so the team needs to be on the same page. All five guys need to be ready to guard the right way. And once the Clippers figured that out, I thought they weren't going to lose another game in the series. They did still proceed to lose game five because of how they fell apart when Paul George got in foul trouble in the fourth quarter. Rondo came in and Rondo was, we, we talked about playoff Rondo before the series. I'm not expecting, just transforming this forward, I'm not expecting anything from playoff Rondo against Utah. I'm not expecting anything from him. I don't trust him. I don't. I, I credit I credit him for Kawhi scoring uh, the godly amount of points he did in game six and seven because he was the one that called Kawhi Leonard out for airballing that three at the end of game five. So um, there we go. Let's go. That, Let's that, go with that. That, that. That's what I'm going for. I can't. Yeah. No, you were right. I just want to add something too to that uh, um, defense. I think, and and the other thing you got to do is you have to switch the way you do defense sometimes to keep the offensive player off balance. So some, you know, like to me, it's like, sometimes you switch, sometimes you want to stick with them because you want to give them different looks too, but go ahead. Yeah. Anyways, um, the, the Clippers ended up making Ty Luke all credit to Ty Lue who pulled Beverly from the rotation, which honestly needed to happen. Any Clippers fan this year would tell you, Terrence Mann and Luke Kennard were ready to play in the postseason based off what they saw this year. Any, any Clippers, anyone who's actually been paying, paying attention to the team would tell you those things to see them not play in the first two losses was brutal. It was very concerning. And even Kennard didn't get in until, I mean, I think we won the series because of him. <laughs> Wait, he didn't show up until like game five, right? He didn't even play a minute till game five. And I mean, and even it might. I mean, he played scrub. He played what we had in the blowout in game. Again, we sorry, the Clippers had in game four when we blew him out. Game we blew him out in game four. Kennard played in the in the. I meant yeah, meaningful time. in garbage, minutes, in garbage so, time. Right, but like, first meaningful I, minutes. He didn't get meaningful minutes until I mean, and then they put him out there, and he looked a little scared. But he made he made one move. He got a, he got a mid range shot to go. He he rattled out a couple threes, but. He's been the Clipper percentage wise. He leads the Clippers in three point percentage. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, oh, he just happens to be the Clipper. No, like he's been out there shooting. And I'm like, okay, that guy is our, that, that's our JJ Reddick type guy where yeah. he launches threes. But what's cool with Kennard is he can put the ball on the floor, mm-hmm. which kind of hurts me to say because he's from Duke and I'm not a Duke guy. I don't like yeah. Dukies. They're not my, that's not my thing. And uh, apparently, I'm glad we got that guy on our team because all year long when we've seen him out there, good things have happened yeah and and he is a little bit of a liability on defense but against the mavericks especially you just need to know how to rotate and if you rotate properly and you help properly it don't matter how good of a defender you are as long as you're not the guy the primary luca defender and shout out to terrence mann who came up huge in game seven and i had a conversation with someone else who's not you and i said Watch for Terrence Mann. He's going to be, I don't know what he's going to do. I'm not going to give you numbers, but he is going to be, he's going to make a big play that is going to be a reason that we win at least one game. 
And that, sh- that very well could have been game five <laughs> when he made the steal and didn't take the easy layup uh, that would have given us a one point lead. Oh, that's right. It, yeah. Boy, it's okay. It's all right. It happens. But he came in. I mean, those points were huge in game seven that we got from him. And props to my guy, PG, who did not have his three ball going in the series, or I don't think it goes seven. I think we win sooner if his three balls are going in. But to be as effective as Paul George, to be as effective as he was, he was doing everything. He was getting rebounds, contested rebounds. Where it's like, okay, well, they didn't have, don't care. He was putting effort in, getting contested rebounds. He was fighting for offensive rebounds. He was diving on the floor, occasionally turning it over too much, but it, it was never for a lack of effort. Right. He was making the right pass. He was in attack mode. He was deferring to Kawhi when Kawhi had it going. And then when Kawhi didn't have it going, he did what he could to keep him in there. He is the reason in game, was it game six, that we were losing at the start of the fourth quarter? Kawhi goes to the bench. We're down. Paul scores seven points in the fourth quarter, brings him right back. It's in the league. Kawhi comes back and we're up by one. He made timely baskets. Yeah. He did everything you could possibly ask from a wingman. It was the, it was the absolute perfect situation and people are not going to give him that credit because it's, he's going to have to keep doing it. But at no point in this series did I think the moment is getting to Paul George. Whereas last year, someone could have said the moment is getting to him years before when he played awesome for multiple games. And then the elimination game against Utah when he's on the thunder, I believe I would have to go back and look at the numbers, but I believe he was two of 16 in that game. And he tore his shoulder up that year too, which someone could argue he's made a glass as well, but uh, he was injured. He said, Hey, Russ, take every shot. And I think Russ took 44 shots, but you could argue that the moment was too big. There's an argument to be made for that. He had a game seven in, in Indiana where he was in single digits against the Heat, but that game was a blowout, so I, I don't think it was win. Anyways, me, diehard Paul George fan, is super happy with how Paul George looked in, in round one. There was not one game where he didn't give maximum effort on both ends of the floor. Even when the shot wasn't going, he never folded. He, he played... I mean, game six, you can look at any shots that went in over him or anything Luca got. He played incredible defense and not just on ball defense. I'm talking team defense where he's coming over. Someone needs to help get the rebound off the miss. He's jumping and tipping that ball and smacking it to someone. And even if it's not his rebound, he's deflecting the, the things he was doing as again, I'm watching him because he's my favorite player. Of course, I'm watching everything he is doing, but he was making game-winning plays that don't show up in the stat book. And to have a guy who's a quote-unquote star slash superstar, if you want, people would say he's the tier below that. Okay. But to have a guy who's making max money, if you look at Porzingis, who's making max money, the effort levels of those two guys, it's, it's ridiculous, the difference in effort level. Even when I'm looking at, say, the Bucks. And you look at like Chris Middleton, who's making max money. You look at percentages on jump shots and threes and whatever. Okay, that's all on offense. On defense, the level of effort that Paul George put in for 46 minutes in game six, you could argue was his best game as a Clipper and perhaps his best game overall since he was back on fighting and with the Pacers. Yeah. He was playing so hard 
and rotating and getting out to shooters. He had three blocked shots. I think two of them run jumpers. Like that's what you need from your second guy. And he's not going to get any credit for it because Kawhi had that amazing fourth quarter. Yeah. Ended up, and the numbers don't support it. The numbers are going to like oh, two of eight from three. What the heck, Paul George five of 15 in game seven. That's that was never what they needed. They needed him to be a jackknife. Yeah, and yeah. arguably the best jackknife of all of the guys who there's a guy I follow uh, Clippers guy I follow on, on Twitter and Paul George is also his favorite player. Oh, that's cool. But, but he's, he's logical with his Paul George takes. He would never tell you that Paul George is better than, than what he really is. He said to people that, that say bad stuff about him, he'll respond and he'll say, stop looking at Paul George as a lesser Kevin Durant because he's never going to be Kevin Durant. He never was right when he's, when he's feeling it, his jumper makes it look like, like, Oh, when he's going eight of 11 from three, he can look like Kevin Durant every now and then stop looking at him as a worse KD and look at him as a, as a more offensively gifted Scotty Pippen. Yeah. That's the right way to look at it. And, and when you guess what, some nights that's going to be five of 15 from the field. Yeah. Some nights, but you're getting a guy who's when he's engaged and his mind is is in these involves, you're getting the perfect compliment to a guy like Kawhi, like a stud, like Kawhi Leonard, who's just has no offensive holes in his game. There's just no holes in, in Kawhi's game. And you get a max effort guy like Paul, like with Paul's capabilities, that's tough to beat. Yeah. And the Jazz can beat it. They're capable. Right. I, I'm expecting the Clippers to win this in six. Yeah. I'm expecting that because of what I saw from Paul George in this, because at some point his threes are going to go in. He's 40% over the last five seasons. So, so there's a couple. Yeah. So I agree. I, you know, you, 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 you know, obviously I talked to you about Clippers a lot. So you've told me a lot about the Clippers this season that you liked. And I got to, Sorry, watch. no, no, that's fine. I don't, you, you got to stop apologizing. I don't care. Uh, if I want to jump in, I'll jump in. <laughs> and then you'll just have to like be like, okay, Ryan, you can jump in. Um, Not help me talking too much. No one wants to listen to that. Yeah, I, I don't mind it. Um, but uh, the things I liked about the Clippers, uh, the ball movement was really good. I love the ball movement. You told me about that. So I watched for it in the series. I saw the ball movement. I like George, uh, the way he played. And uh, you, you told me, uh, his aggressiveness is what you noticed more this season that he didn't, even in, when he had bad games, he was still being aggressive. And I, you saw that he was still trying to dry lane, uh, dr- drive the lane, get fouls, even though, you know, he, he doesn't get a lot of them as you, you'll say, uh, but maybe that's a ramp for another day for you or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, Terrence man, I will tell you, so the most surprising thing of this entire playoffs to me was him passing out of that layup. And there's been a lot of surprising things because he is typically so aggressive going to the basket. He just like, I can't believe how aggressive he is going to the basket. I really like him. And that might be like a good find for the Clippers who don't have like draft picks for like a thousand years. That that's a good pickup. Lou Kennard fits that team really well. He should have been playing more. Uh, the, the thing I'll apologize, uh, Nick Batoon, by the way, and, and Marcus Morris, the way those four guys on the court at the same time, just so switchable, that's going to be hard for any team. Uh, 
I'll apologize for the Rondo thing. I still think he adds a little bit. He he showed up a couple couple times, but man, the last uh, two games, five and six, he didn't he didn't really have really great games. Uh, I don't think he played in seven, or he played like very little minutes, right? He wasn't out there enough to recognize that he was out there. He made did he make a three? I want to say he made a three. Okay, so he played. I, I think he made a three. I think he missed a three too, but. Right. Yeah. But you know, the, the other stuff is like, like you go with the stat sheet with Paul George, it's the same with Rondo. He does have a leadership that I think that team needs, you know, like, Hey, calling out quiet. I, I have a feeling at the end of game five, when he shot that three, that wasn't the play that was drawn up. And that's why Rondo yelled at him because it's like, what, what are you doing, man? That's not what we had because quiet did not have a good game five. Paul George game five was actually pretty solid i thought that he was going to end up with the ball for the last shot not Kawhi. uh and then Kawhi took a a, a hard three and, and missed but that's neither here nor there now you know uh as for the jazz so the jazz their ball movement too. the games that i've seen of the jazz with donovan mitchell on the floor that was one thing you told me too that has gotten better and you're right it's totally gotten better they uh, the Clippers played two men on the court that was seven foot three or taller, right? For the majority of the series. Well, you're going to get that again, but this time it's going to be somebody who's like the best defensive player in the league, right? In Gobert. That's going to be tough to handle. Conley has fit so well this year with the Jazz. It wasn't like last year. Last year, it, it seemed like he was hard, you know, it just fit, but he fits right in. Boban. Like that guy makes threes sometimes that you're like, what? You know, he's such a good shooter. Ingles is like our UPS driver going on shooting. And then they got Jordan Clarkson. I, I'm interested to see because it's going to be a totally different style of defense that the Clippers have to play um, against this team because of the ball movement, the different weapons they have. I feel like Boban can make uh Bodanovich, right? Bodanovich. Uh, You're saying Bobon, but I think you meant Bogdan, Bogdan right? B O G. Is that a, is it Bogdan? Bogdan. B O J A N. Is Bojan Boyan? It's Boyan Bogdanovich. Boyan. Yeah. Is it Boyan Boyanovich? Bogdanovich. Bog B O G. Boyan Bogdanovich. Yeah. So so he he also can you know take people out you know he he can create his own shot so. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how they, they guard them. I, I personally also group think here. I, I had the Clippers winning in six. Uh, <laughs> they were my finals are our, our both finals pick, right? So we both picked them to go. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I have them beating. I had them in six because I think the Utah jazz is going to present problems. The thing that I, I, I think will be interesting is they really just like the Mavericks. They don't really have anyone that's going to be able to guard Kawhi. Um, that's a lot of Jordan Clarkson with mm-hmm. Utah. Yeah. And the Clippers just faced a ton of Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. I can't help but think that we are the most prepared team in the league for one guy trying to take over. Mm-hmm. I think that actually hurt the jazz that we played Dallas in round one. <laughs> I, well, just, it's, I, it's, I feel like it's we a, are more prepared now. Yeah. And you know, that's the thing though. Like it might be like sort of a blessing in disguise that they had to overcome this hurdle. 
So last year they get up three, one and you know how that story ends this year, they go down. Oh, two. Now they had a choice. They had a choice. They could have completely collapsed or, you know, and, and this is a huge adversity that they overcame. I just like the thing that worries me about the jazz in this matchup, um, not being a Clippers fan or a Paul George fan. So just speaking from like a basketball fan is just when you saw the way Kawhi play, right. Who's going to stop him? They don't have anyone that can guard him. And not only that, but when they get out there, when the Clippers get out there with their small ball lineup, when they have those four, six foot, eight guys and taller with the Reggie Jackson, they, they still will have Gobert, but the rest of their team is going to be sort of undersized in comparison to that. So it's going to be an interesting matchup, but that's why I had the Clippers winning in six. I mean, as we saw, any team can shoot 50% from three and win. Yeah. So could Utah shoot 52%, 55% from three and win four games? Of course they yes. can, they're capable, but do I think Kawhi is going to shoot 60% for the series again? No, I don't. However, we saw in game seven that a bunch of guys who had not really made threes this series, their averages all came up in game seven because they hadn't been hitting shots for a handful of games that they normally would hit. So I feel like the same thing is true now where you have three point shooting everywhere. You have Kawhi Leonard that he's going to have a mismatch no matter really who is on him. I think Royce O'Neal is their, their stopper. Um, He, the numbers for him, people are putting stats up regular season numbers thinking that that really means a whole lot. He's six, four, <laughs> by the way, he's only six, four. They're putting numbers up like that really matters in the postseason. Right. I think Paul George was two of 13 against him this year, three of 12, something like that, that I'm sure that really matters a lot in games that, that don't really mean much. Anyways. Doesn't solve um, the, it doesn't solve the quiet problem though. Like sure. You can guard Paul George, but Paul George had a five of 15 game where he put forth a ton of effort and Kawhi carried the offense alone and you won. So even if you get that three of 12 game from Paul George, it doesn't mean you're going to stop the rest of the team. I could see Gobert causing problems at the rim. I could see that happening where Kawhi and Paul George were super effective down. I, I think Kawhi was in the 80 percentile at the rim in the series, which is unheard of for 60 is normal 60 ish high mid high 60s is is good i think paul george was like 75 78 something like 70 he was in the 70 percent as well at the rim because the the mavs don't have a shot blocker so to then move to gobert who is a shot blocker that could be a difference in the series it could be a difference but i also know that the 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 jazz as a whole don't have threats from distance like the Clippers do overall with the size, they have the threats that they, that can shoot and they have, they're all shooters and all that, but with the size and the ability to switch and all of that, I like the Clippers chances because it's, it's a similar really good shooting team that I just think doesn't match up as well. Now they still do match up. I think this is probably going to be the games will be closer than, than I guess the other games were also close. I think the games will all be fairly close. I don't think there's going to be a blowout in any of these, 
agree. But but down the stretch, again, the Mavericks have Luka Doncic holding the ball down the stretch, and we were able to slow him down when it mattered most. I feel like we'll be able to contain Mitchell, who kind of lit us up in the regular season, to be honest. But I think we're ready now. I think we can contain him when it matters. And Clarkson's going to come out and try to get 30 points off the bench every night. I think we're ready for that. I think that's Utah has relied on him to be be six man Jordan Clarkson. I think that's going to matter. But so, I hope I'm right. My guy just played 46 minutes, got a day off, then played an afternoon game, played 44 minutes, and it has now flown to Utah. He could very well be tired. <laughs> yeah. Well, that okay. So, so here's here's just the the argument for Utah. I'll just make a little argument for their case. Uh, they're less predictable, right? So they're less predictable than the Mavericks. So that's going to work in their favor, I think, because it's not like oh, we just got to stop Luca. Although when Jordan Clarkson is on the floor, you you have that going for you. But like Donovan Mitchell, you're right. He like just he has learned to play more within the team this year. Like that's what you told me when I watched the games against Memphis. I noticed that. Um, He's could a stud. He, yeah. Could he revert back to hero ball? Maybe. But, I don't think so. Right. Think so. Right. Okay. So you have that going for you. Obviously I think the Clippers are going to try to get go bear on switches. That's what you got to do is draw them away from the basket. That's I think what their game plan is going to be, but you're right. Go bear is going to protect the rim. The hard part about that is like if the Clippers shoot the way they did in the regular season and halfway through the series at three, you know, from the three point line, that's not really going to matter because you're still going to draw the defense in, you know, when you, when, when you, you, when you drive and Gobert is going to be in the lane. Uh, so you still have that kick out open three potential, but you could see where the jazz not being as random, random, having that post presence, the rim protector, how if they got hot from three, it to me, if you told me between the, the Mavericks or the Jazz, one team got hot from B, three and eliminated the Clippers, I'd have been like, oh, yeah, that's the Jazz. That right. would have been my choice because that whole team, like you mentioned, they all can shoot. So that would be the case for the Jazz is that they're just they're going to be good from three. They're unpredictable. Gobert protects the rim and they they. uh they, they get out of there by outscoring the Clippers. I might be too overconfident. I'm, I'm sure I am. I'm sure I'm too overconfident in this, but I watched them play Memphis and I was not as impressed. And I watched with Utah and I watched at the end of the year with Utah and I was not as impressed at the end of the year. And I know it's regular season and the difference, but they don't have, they don't have the guy. I mean, Kawhi who at the end of the game is like, look, we're not losing this game. Right. That, it matters. It right. matters. So, and if if the if the the Clippers get that version of Paul George, who is like, look, I'm gonna do whatever we need to do, and Kawhi is like, I'm not losing. I just feel like it's gonna be hard for them not to win the series. I just, that's how I feel. Again, they could shoot 20% and get blown out. <laughs> so, right. Right. So so the Clippers I have in six as well. So I feel that way too. The I guess the thing you could you you could say is that um, with 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 Donovan Mitchell, that's your one-on-one player, right? That's the guy. If if you wanted someone to go mano e mano, that's the guy you're gonna turn to. Um, I just like like I don't know if I'd be as worried as him 
as you were with Luca. You know, I think I, so, so if he's, if he's even 70% of Luca, he's, he's not going to, that's not going to be enough to beat the, the clips. Again, there's a much better team around Mitchell. So that's a little bit different, but, but it's, it is true though, that as ineffective as say Paul George was, it's not that he didn't do anything against Luca. I, I, Luca didn't tear him to shreds. In fact, he made him work. He made him work, and there right. was a few tough shots he missed. And then the Mavericks get the offensive rebound, and someone would still score, whatever. But right. um, I, I will say that I think as effective as as Paul and Batum and Morris were against Luca, they are, they will be more effective against Mitchell. Right. So it's going to be more of a team thing, which. Jazz may very well come out and prove me wrong. I just, I watched Memphis almost beat them at least two games of maybe almost three they, they were in. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like that should be the case if you're a true one seed. And I feel like the Clippers are playing to their capacity now. I do, I do have a rebuttal, a little rebuttal of that. And that is that um, obviously there can be with, with better teams, a syndrome of like, Oh, we're going to beat these T guys. And you know, they kind of fall asleep. Uh, we seen that like with the nets, right? Like they, they didn't look as impressive in the Boston series as I expected. Um, so some, I think sometimes for better teams, it, it's hard to get up on opponents that, you know, you're better than. Um, that would be my only rebuttal to like, maybe, maybe they didn't look as impressive, but maybe it's because they just didn't take their competition as seriously as they should have. And Tatum had 50, which helps. Right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Any more on that series? Then we both got Clippers and six. No, it's going to be a seven hour, it's going to be a seven hour podcast. No, no, no. We're going to anyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about the other Western conference series. Then real quick, we got the Denver nuggets against Phoenix. They played tonight. Uh, Phoenix won. I had that going this entire time, by the way, Phoenix he, was pulling away down the end. Yeah. Uh, um, Sarich made one of those shots. You know, when you, you miss so badly, to the left or the right where, you know, the rim is there and the ball hits the rim because it missed, but kind of like in that gap and then it hit the backboard, went straight up and then fell in. That's funny. Like from, like from the, from the angle, like the, the super angle. So like it hit and it goes like, like, it's like a, it's like a duck. Okay. A brick, a brick so bad that like it popped up and died kind of and fell straight in. It was like, Oh, that's how, you know, you're not going to lose. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> when that's going in. Yeah. It's over. But anyways, yeah, so so they what I, I had it on too. I had it on my iPad while we were talking. I didn't see that shot though. So uh I wasn't That's pretty funny. Yeah. So so uh who do you who do you have in this series? Denver Phoenix? I got Phoenix winning not because of anything other than as much as I like Monte Morris. Phoenix it has the the personnel to make life tough on Jokic and without Murray as, as good as, as anyone else can be this, it just is a little bit too much to ask in my opinion, uh, especially with the way that the Suns have been shooting, mm-hmm. which I think matters. Yeah. And they're very confident now when, once you postseason, I, this stuff is all mental. Mm-hmm. And when you beat LeBron James, 
no matter what the reasoning behind it is, there's going to be a, they can't, we can't lose. We got this. Right. And I think that will matter as well. Booker. I mean, my goodness. I'm, he, I'm, he, he Mr. 34% for three in the season. looks like he's, that doesn't affect him at all. Like again, right. maybe, maybe he's a moment guy, but he hasn't really, he hasn't been in the playoffs. So I guess we didn't, we wouldn't know that, but right. my goodness. Uh, he looked like he figured that out pretty quick in the first round. <laughs> um, wow, that my that guy. Yes. Um, and then wh- wh- who's the who's the guy they sub in? Um, because they have like similar names. Sorry, Cameron uh, Payne and Cameron Johnson. There we go. What's the who's the one that was the unstoppable one of the two of them? Because I was listening. I was listening more to, than watching those games as I was. I think Payne was Payne came in to sub in for Chris Paul and he it, was just so good. It, it felt like, but both of them were really good. Honestly. Yeah. Both it just, were really it felt, good. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just both of them. It felt like these guys are playing with the utmost confidence and it's just, they're, I don't, I don't see Jokic and Michael Porter being enough, I guess. Yeah. So I'm with you. Um, I have I have Phoenix winning in six. I'm going to give Jokic two games uh, because he's just incredible to watch. Gordon's a, a good defender. Um, and then you got Porter and you got to imagine he's going to get hot. I think injuries will finally catch up to the Nuggets. Um, if you would have asked me before the playoffs started, uh, if Denver and Phoenix got into a matchup, who would you pick to win? I probably would have picked Phoenix because I was said, Oh, they had no one to guard Jokic. Like there's no one big enough on their team to guard Jokic. It's the same, same reason why we thought they'd lose to the Lakers is because of Anthony Davis. Uh, but Deandre Ayton, right. Uh, he showed up in last series. Um, and that's why I have Phoenix winning is because Ayton is, is playing really good basketball right now. He just, he just is. So if he can keep up that level, that answers the question about what big you're going to have guard Jokic. It's going to be Aiden. And Aiden did good against Davis. Uh, I know Jokic is like a different animal, but he, he can at least make Jokic work. So I have, I have a Phoenix and six. I, I don't disagree. I would not be surprised either way. Right. But when you look at who starts and who plays for Denver, you got who's the the little point guard, uh, Compazzo. Oh yeah, Compazzo. Yeah. So you have him in Austin Rivers. Mm-hmm. Porter is still. I like him. Like I'm talking about him. Like I like him a lot, but he's still not exactly trustworthy. Right. And the the Suns have the depth now. Um, Bridges and Crowder are tough. They're tough guys. You don't get to where you want against them. Chris Paul is Chris Paul. I refuse to say anything good about him until Paul George allows me to. Yep. But there's no denying. I mean, no matter whether it's good or not, I mean, he's he knows what he's doing. Whereas there is no point guard who knows what they're doing on Denver like legitimately no matter how much Monte Morris fills in the experience is just not there when the moment hits you don't have a guy who you trust as much 
which will matter in my opinion. I still wouldn't be surprised, but you'd have to, I mean, you'd have to think even, especially now that Phoenix won game one, but even if they hadn't, I mean, you'd have to think that Phoenix is sitting pretty in this series. Okay. So game one, I just want to read some stats from DeAndre Ayton after the first game being done. Okay. He out rebound Jokic 10 to nine. Uh, he shot nine of 13, uh, two free throws, 20 points plus minus 13, but, you know, that's always interesting, like right. how you figure that out. But that that if Aiton continues to play like that, which is exactly the way he played against the Lakers, I, I don't see how the Nuggets lose. Chris Paul, he uh he was eight of 14, two of three from three, 66 percent and eleven assist. Uh he it seems like he's coming back, but yeah, I just don't I'm gonna guess I'm gonna guess like two turnovers, like tops. Like, one turnover there you go yeah like he just doesn't turn the ball over well and, yeah that that stuff matters and then i would imagine on the other end that whoever played point guard for denver again it's mostly Jokic, right so if Jokic doesn't get to like eight assists the i, I, I just you're, i don't you're see like it. are you sure like, three assists Three yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, because he's the he's the main ball guy handler, yeah. right? Like, because without Murray out there, like they're expecting him, and it's it's unique and it's different. But again, Aiton's like uniquely able to guard, like that that he's he's exactly what they need to to slow down Jokic. And it's not that Jokic won't go off. Still, it's just it's gonna be tough. It's yeah. gonna be tough. I I if there was a series that was gonna end in five of these of these two series in the west i guess you'd have to think it's this one mm-hmm. and and you you would be more it would be more surprising to see denver beat phoenix than maybe any other um possibility in the first round until now i mean until you see milwaukee i guess fall apart but I would have been more surprised to see Denver beat Phoenix, I think, than even see the Bucks beat the Nets just with right. Harden and everything going. I think I would, I think I might even still feel that way. I mean, the Bucks just got to win the two at home. So, right, right. That series doesn't start till you're home. So, just last point they had five, uh, I'm sorry, four people who shot, I mean, scored over 20 points in this game, the Suns did. So, they're, they're, they're yeah. firing on all cylinders right now. So, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes five. I'm going to guess six because of the Okich respect. I think he can, he can force two, but. I wonder if they're forcing Jokic to like guard Aiton on screen, like because mm-hmm. Aiton is physically superior, which there's not a lot of big guys in the NBA anymore. So Jokic generally is is one of, if not the largest, like close enough. Not one of, if he's generally the same size or bigger. The guys who's guarding, like think about like Anthony Davis. Jokic yeah. is a bigger dude. No matter what the height is, like he can move Davis around. Like he's a bigger guy. Right. Um, but you know, Jokic foot speed. Aiton is just physically superior. Right. That's going to be tough because he does everything for them. So he's I imagine the athletic. three. I didn't watch the game at all. I had it on, but I, I imagine the the three assists probably because the passing lanes weren't there. I'm guessing because you have a big dude in front of you and you can't just do what you want with it. Well, and that, and, and like, you're relying on role players to make shots. Like when, and if they don't Austin have Rivers it, right. and Compazzo and 
Like Monte Morris was one of 10 tonight. Like that's rough. He's better than that, but he's right. also not starting for a reason in the regular right. season. Yeah. And you lost a guy who arguably was taking a step this year in the right, right. direction. So, well, and they don't even have Barton starting. Like, yeah, at least Barton, you know, he's a prop, solid. Props to the Nuggets for yeah, getting for this you, far. Props exactly. to Jokic for being so good. But yeah, it would I almost bet. be a shame. It would almost be a shame if they knocked the Suns out and didn't compete against Utah or the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And then it was a beatdown. And it would almost be even more of a shame if they made it to the finals and just got shellacked by the Nets. Yeah. Like, you no one thinks they have enough to actually win it would be amazing if they won like that would be perhaps the most if last year's title was the toughest one in lebron's mind it would instantly be gone (laughs) (laughs) this would be the toughest title to win if you're utah and you won with i mean just look at composo starting and and austin rivers and trusting that those guys i mean these guys who were not even being expected to play right when they had their guys healthy. So that would be amazing. A Clippers, a Clippers Suns um, finals, Western conference finals. It's, that'll be a lot of fun. If the Clippers win, Paul George might say something nice about Chris Paul. And I might be able to, if they lose, I will never be able to say anything positive. I'm going to have to burn my, my CP threes from the past. How many no, no, no. Years. Why don't you said they're 11 and a half, 11 and a half, a little too big, right? A little bit, but I'll take them. Okay. I won't let you burn them. I have like four, I have like four or five pairs of CP3s. Okay. I'll take all four of them. (laughs) I won't let you burn them. Oh, those Georgia tech colored ones are pretty sweet. Okay. Okay. Uh, yellow black, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's where he went, right? Right. Yeah. No, Wake Forest. Wait, no, Wake goodness. They're not Georgia tech. Wake Forest. That's what I meant. Wake Forest colored ones. It's the, it's the, um, I don't even know what you call that. It's black with whatever the Wake Forest color is. Is that, that's like a, like a tannish beige. Oh yeah. I have those. Uh, they're, they're, I wore those for. I like them. I like them a lot. But Georgia Tech way for it. It all sounds the same at this point. I'll just put big socks in my shoes. That's all. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the Eastern Conference then. Um, let's talk about Philly Atlanta. Atlanta took Game One. It was a little bit scary down the stretch. I don't know if you watched the entire game. Um. But basically, Atlanta had the game in hand, and then all of a sudden, Philly started trapping and stealing the ball a bunch and making Atlanta make mistakes. Uh, who do you got in the series? Why? Uh, I did watch that game, only the ending, as I was waiting with the 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 most the utmost of nervous feelings as Game Seven was about to start <laughs> between Mavs Clippers. So yeah. uh, I did watch the end. I watched them just forget how to inbound a basketball. Uh, that was nice. Um, I think I would still expect the Sixers to win, but here's the thing. If Embiid is not a hundred percent or close to a hundred percent, I got the Hawks. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Sixers have anywhere near enough to win in the postseason without Embiid out there. And, and it's it is crazy, but here's the other thing is that I probably didn't give enough credit to Trey young earlier, whenever we did these podcasts. And I know for a fact that I watched him last year and instantly just assumed that he was going to be nothing super special. Just a guy who likes to chuck him. Trey young is right there with being the most advanced offensive with these offensive players and the, with it, 
he foul baited at the start of the year and it was very frustrating. Again, if they're going to give him those calls, it's smart. It's mm-hmm. I can't blame him. It's the league's fault for calling him. Uh, but he has offensive skill that rivals Luca's offensive skill. He just doesn't have the size. So, but he has that same thing where he can, he reacts to what the defense gives him and he makes the right play and his range is unlimited, but again, his size separated. He's, he's not, he's not there, but he is, he is a special offensive player that doesn't get the credit for it because he's got a little bit of negative stigma from how his career started and how the fouls went at the start of the year. But he, he's the real deal. Trey is the real deal. And there is a version of this series where he is the best player, even with him beat out there. There's a version where this could, this can happen. So I still, I, I still think the Sixers will win. I think it'll be very tough. It's six or seven, but and being in and out of the if he's going back to the locker room every game, I think the Hawks win. That's my take on it. So there, I took both teams. That's not even a real thing. I got the Sixers probably in seven. Okay. I am going to pick I, – I think – okay, well, I'm going to do it like before the series starts. Um, I'm not going to hedge – because of yeah see i hedge that's not fair that's dumb that's dumb of me to do that i got i got the sixers in seven and beat will get healthy enough yeah it'll be fine so honestly if i was going to pick uh before the series i if healthy and bead and he seemed healthy last the last game he played like he put up numbers he was out there a long time i guess he did go did he go in the locker room Um, he left and came back he played 38 minutes he he (laughs) 39 points. Um, it's crazy to me that he did all that and they still kind of lost. You think with that type of numbers, they only lost by four, but still. Um, I would have picked Sixers and five if Embiid's healthy. Um, and I guess I'll stick with that just because that's what I would have picked before. But you're right, Trey Young. It's hard because the Knicks, I just felt like it was a great story, but outside of Randall, they didn't really have anyone. So it was just like, yeah, of course the Hawks just destroyed them because they're, they're they're just way more talented. They just, they have all the shooting. They got Trey Young. Trey Young looks really good. Um, now his supporting cast helps that because they're able to spread the floor in like a way that like, I was thinking earlier today, like if you put Luca on, on the Hawks, man, that that would be just a, a beautiful team for him to be on. Very well could have happened. <laughs> yeah, it could have. It could have. With all those shooters and those big men who can shoot. And then you got Capella. Um, if I if I pick today, I probably would pick the Hawks in six. But because I'm not hedging, I'm gonna go. say 76ers in five would have been my pick. I think they can turn it around, they can win the next four. They might have found something with that trap defense. I don't think they'll start playing that, but throwing in that in every now and then, it seemed like it bothered Trey Young that when 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 two big guys would like just tower over him. But you're right, he's been figuring stuff out. So maybe he'll figure that out too. Should we pick Doc Rivers to go up three one and then blow it? <laughs> Who can he possibly what what terrible defensive player can he put out there? In a situation where that guy is just has no chance. Steph Curry, Seth Curry. 
Maybe, maybe that. Maybe that's I, who, who they just have him start and just get destroyed. Yeah, over and over again. Yeah. Anyways, although although part of the problem with their their team on in game one is they they had Danny Green covering Trey Young, and Danny Green could not cover Trey Young, and it, it, they didn't switch it. He didn't switch it throughout like most of the game. So there I wonder. Go. So maybe Doc will stick with that, and that'll be his downfall. Should we go with yeah. that? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think w- with the one thing we did learn from the first round is that winning two or losing two to start doesn't really mean as much as what people like to think it means. Mm-hmm. Then again, we are talking about perhaps a, the, the next generational LeBron-like talent. And we are talking about one of the greatest players of all time with Kawhi Leonard. So that might have something to do with the fact that these series and things that the numbers that are like, Oh, the statistic that 94% of the time, and then the 6% wins out. Like just saying, but right. Anyways. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. So you have Sixers and seven. I got them in five. So let's talk about the last series. So we both live in Wisconsin. Um, I'm actually don't tell too many people. I'm going to the game on Sunday. Oh, dude. Friend, a friend of mine uh, offered to buy tickets for us. I was going to say free tickets because I feel like it's going to be pretty expensive to get in that building. Free for me. I there offered I offered to like chip in, but he didn't want it. He's he, like a thank you to me, I guess, for for some stuff. Um, what a so, nice guy you are that, that someone felt like they could get you tickets to a, an NBA playoff game in, in the fancy new Bucks arena. And that was like, wow this is a, a, or they, they thought that would be a really nice thing to do because what you got them was like wow it was so nice in order to match what ryan did for me i'm gonna have to buy his ticket to a playoff game in milwaukee which that you must be a really really good person ryan to to deserve such a wonderful gift i'm sometimes a nice person uh we're sitting like the seats we got is about four like kind of behind the backboard four rows up oh so. hey that's pretty close yeah, I have a what picture. What I was going to say is that I've been. Have you been? No, this is the first time. Gotcha. This is, um, oh, what, what's the name of the, what, what, what is it? It's Pfizer. 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 So um, I have been to Pfizer to watch. Uh, we actually went to go to a Marquette game. This is before the pandemic, a uh, group of us. And we had a bit of a mix up as in we bought tickets from a guy and the guy turns out he was trying to scam us. and We didn't get those tickets. So we didn't have tickets. Thankfully, the Bucks played the Hornets later that night. So we just stuck around Milwaukee and went to the Bucks Hornets game instead. Oh, nice. Uh, So that was that was a good time. So we got into Fiserv. And let me tell you, Fiserv was meant to watch some basketball. Okay. there you can go way, way up top in that arena and it just goes more up. It doesn't go really a lot more out. So you're not really sitting that much farther away. You're just sitting higher up which is pretty nice. So even up top's a good seat up there. It's not even, there's really not a bad seat in there. Whereas the Bradley center, you kind of went farther back and you felt like you were forever away. You don't really feel, you kind of feel like you're on top of the action, which is pretty nice. Um, you're down right behind the hoop. That's a p- cool place to be. I was there for, uh, I was six rows back for okay. Pistons. Who are we playing? I don't matter who they were playing. I was there to see T-Mac when he was on Detroit. Oh, right. When he told me he liked my Jersey, which was a great day. Um, but we were right by back there. It's good. Those are awesome. I love sitting yeah. right by the hoop. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's I'm pretty excited. Cool. I like I like the um, 
TV experience better, but I'm kind of excited because I like I'm gonna see Durant, Giannis, and Kyrie Irving like in real life. But to get back to the series, down 2-0, down 2-0, Luke, to the Nets without Harden, by the way. Harden didn't play the last two games. What? I picked Bucks in six. Okay, yep. I picked Bucks in six, ignoring my pre my my pre whatever you call it playoffs thing that we did where I picked the Nets to win the championship. I will say that part of that was because I'm trying to view my window for the Clippers winning the championship. And I feel like we can beat the Bucks potentially, but I don't think we can beat the Nets. Um just if Harden Harden again, if he's not healthy at the moment, but if they have those three guys, I just I don't I don't like our chances. Um that being said, I really thought the Bucks in the first round, I really thought that the whole Miami thing was not just Miami choking, but I thought, no, Milwaukee finally learned that the way they played before, their Giannis one on whatever, and then kick it out to the four guys and just have them just figure it out and relying on Middleton to be their only other guy and as much as I like George Hill, just he's old. And I, I really thought they figured it out. They got holiday. They have Bobby Portis is an awesome rotation guy. Bryn Forbes is shooting lights out. I thought, you know what? Middleton's been shooting, but he's been playing better. He made the game winner in round one. This is, this is going to be a series. The bucks play the nets tough in the regular season. The regular season doesn't matter, but I feel like that stuff does matter when it's, more of a confidence thing and not a, but from a confidence standpoint, the, the, the strategy of the defensive schemes and all that is not used in the regular season. But I really thought, I really did that Milwaukee was taking a step and they very well still could be Ryan. They could be taking that step, but Oh my goodness, did they get shellacked for two straight games? Do they look like that? It just looks like, uh, PJ Tucker looks too old to guard anyone out there. Middleton reverted right back into his same. This guy cannot be trusted to make an actual shot that matters in a big game that he looked like the last two years. Uh, Holiday is not enough of a scoring threat and he's undersized to guard Durant. So Kyrie's going to get his no matter what. And as much as I like Holiday, he's just not as good. And Giannis cannot shoot. And all of these things come out and look like, hey, Cameron Durant's still the second best player on the planet right now, even though his Achilles was all messed up. He looks fine, which props to him. Rupturing Achilles is not fun, let me tell you. Uh, Kyrie Irving looks like he is focused and prepared, like we kind of talked about before the whole thing started. We're like, hey, Kyrie seems to not be nuts during the playoffs. He seems to put his head on straight. And um, the Nets look like they're a better basketball team by a fair amount, Ryan. Yeah, so for a preview pod, me and you both said the best team that had the chance in the Eastern Conference to take out the Nets, both of our opinion was the Milwaukee Bucks. So before the series started, I still had the Nets to, to stick with my my prediction when we had the preview podcast of Nets Clippers. So I picked the Nets in seven at this moment. I would not be surprised if the bucks get swept. Uh, 
their ball movement, the Bucks stop moving the ball. Like they do not move the ball well. Like a lot of one-on-one stuff. Uh, they they shot twenty nine percent from three today. Last I think the last game it was like thirty percent, twenty seven percent, something like that. Uh, Chris Middleton shot six of twenty three. I think last game he shot seven of twenty this game. Hey, improvement. But it's just like wow. And then thirty five percent. I watched the game. Um, you know, I had it on in the background because it got out of hand quickly. So I just like didn't pay a lot of attention. There's two two points where Giannis runs up to the top of the center of the three-point line with 18 seconds left on the shot clock and was shoot three. And it's just like he shouldn't be taking that. No. But I think this goes back to our conversation we were having about like even Ben Simmons. Giannis, although he's like this freak, amazing player offensively and defensively, his flaws shooting. Can he be the best player in a championship team is the biggest question like out there now that I think that as a Bucks fan, you have to think like, can he be our best player or our number one option, at least on offense? Is, is that it? Can he be that? Um, the Nets are so good, man. I don't know if it's fair. That's that's the problem I'm having. Is it a fair bar to set? Because the Nets are just so good. They're shooting at three. At Landry Shamit was making threes tonight. I'm like, what? That guy. You don't make them on the Clippers. Let me tell you that much. And right. I like Landry. I like Landry. Yeah, but yeah. man, he did not do it in the bubble for us last year. Come on, Landry. It was uh, uh, Middleton like hit one of his threes and they cut it to like 20. Kyrie walks down court, hits a three. Kevin Durant like hits these baseline jumpers, hits three. Uh, Blake Griffin, he owes my team money. Like what? What in the world, man? If he would have been playing like that in the beginning of the season, at least Detroit would have probably been able to trade him. Like, but he is playing like a really good role player, but at like a really high level, he's doing all like that. You, you know, you talk about Paul George's efforts play. That's what Blake Griffin's doing right now. He's doing all the effort plays for yeah. the Nets. I just like, it just blows my mind how good the Nets are. And the one thing I'm regretting in our preview podcast is I picked the Clippers to beat the Nets. Now I'm like, oh my word. Because I said James Harden would have a James Harden moment. Remember, that's what I said. I said, this is what's going to happen. He's going to get to the finals and James Harden's going to. But the fact is, is they're killing the Bucks without James Harden. Like, so it shows me, like, even if he has his James Harden moments, is it even going to matter? I'll say this much. It's possible that James Harden being out there is one too many guys who need the basketball to be good. Maybe, right. But it's a possibility where Harden could actually, hurt, like, harm their flow. Right. And maybe even defensively where, I mean, Harden is improved since those ridiculous videos of him and and they also allowed uh, like when they they made a point to show him not playing defense in houston but he also made a point to do that strip move when he guards the post so there was this big thing about how he guards the post so well he's he's up there and steals because of how he once the teams realized that he or once they was hey he just swipes down and they look for that i mean he's not he's not a plus defender so it's possible having him out there will disrupt the offense 
and make their defense worse. It's a possibility. I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm just saying you never know. It could happen. Um, I took the Nets to win the finals because their team is beyond stacked. Uh, it's it's so good. It's not fair. They have an all-star team. If their other guys are hitting threes, if Harris and Shamit and who's the other one, um, Mike, uh, Mike James and mm-hmm. I mean Blake Griffin. Yeah, I mean they, they just need those guys to be average yeah. and their best players to play average and it's very hard to beat them as soon as durant starts if durant's gonna shoot like 65 70 percent for a couple of games like you can't beat them no you can't beat them like it take it would take like Kyrie not knowing how to make a mid-range jumper off the dribble Kyrie is perhaps the best player in the league at mid-range shots off the dribble because he gets space and then he can shoot with the left or the right hand mm-hmm. like he can take a left-handed floater bank shot from like 12 feet like who does that no one does that. Only Kyrie, yeah. It's unbelievable. And so I mean, you can hope that the shots aren't going in and that the your you know your defensive matchups or whatever. And again, like the Clippers could shoot like 70% for three against them in a couple of games, maybe. And like not 70, probably 50, whatever. Like it's possible that if they play each other, but the Bucks look thoroughly outmatched. I don't it's know outrageous. how Giannis looks. I don't, I'm with you. I, I don't think the Bucks are going to get a, a player ever better than him. So you can't, you can't trade him. Mm-mm. I don't think you're going to upgrade Giannis. Like, I don't think it's going to happen. Like even in the way the draft lottery works, you have no idea if you're going to get the first pick. So it's not like you can just tank right. and get like, Oh, we need this number one overall guy. So we're going to go with this dude or we're going to tank so we can get this guy. Like there's no Zion that you can for sure get. Right. And and not like you even know that Zion, like who knows if Zion's even gonna stay healthy or Morant even. Like you don't know. You could be the fifth pick. Right. <laughs> so like you have to keep them. You can't trade them if you're Milwaukee. No. The Middleton is not as egregious of a max contract as what I thought it he was when it came out. Like like Otto Porter Jr. has a max contract. Kristaps Porzingis has a max contract. Yeah. There's a handful of guys. If you look them up, like Middleton's like in the middle of the pack for like, does this guy deserve a max contract? He's right there. Someone else would have given it to him if they didn't. I don't foresee them being able to just steal. Like they wanted Clay Thompson at the time. That was never going to happen. You know, right. when, when I Middleton. So I get why they got Middleton, but I, I've in in a perfect world you'd pair Holiday and Giannis with a guy who can do a little bit more than Middleton can. In a perfect world, Giannis needs to be a post player. Yeah, I agree. Except he's now spent. I forget who made this point. It might have been someone on ESPN, but someone said they wouldn't it have been better if instead of trying to teach Giannis how to take a jump shot for the last few many years that he just perfected an eight foot hook. And we might've, we might've talked about this, but like an eight, I don't think like, so. like wouldn't it have been better if he just perfected low post moves these yep. entire last few years, rather than, Hey, shoot a three like this, take your form, like change your form like this, do this. Like what if you just gave him the ball in the post right now? And he was just an absolute freak with, 
right-handed float moves and a bank, a turn on bank shot from, from eight to 10 feet. And like, yeah, that would, but if you turned him into a Tim Duncan skill set, more like closer to not, I mean, Tim Duncan's Tim Duncan, he could shoot, you know, right, maybe, right. but like, what if he had closer to that than what they've been trying to do with him? And you keep watching the same stuff happen in the playoffs and you can't help but think that maybe that would have been a better decision. I don't know. Maybe the bucks are just not being able to make their threes right now and it'll change and they'll be fine at home and it'll all be fine. And this is just two games and they were in game one for a while and game two is just an abnormality and they haven't had a a an actual competitive game in a while until they had game one here because the heat didn't really give them anything. So right. The end of the regular season wasn't competitive. So maybe this is just the Bucks not having competition for like a good month and a half or whatever like before the season ended, you know, like mm-hmm. that could be, it's possible. They'll come out and they'll, they'll just come out swinging. I'll tell you what seems more possible is that the Bucks shot three so well because Giannis commanded so much attention down low because he was able to get where he wanted because it wasn't postseason defense. And so it made these other guys who aren't actually great three point shooters when they have you know, less room like they do now where Giannis is being covered and he has to get it out there. And then you shoot six for 30 because you're not open. Right. It's one thing to shoot six for 30 because you're missing open threes, which is like what the Clippers were doing against the Mavericks against his own defense. Right. They're just not making shots. They should or, or can make. I, ha- I haven't watched these games super closely, but you told me that Giannis just dribbled down and fired for three. You don't take that shot unless you're not getting open looks elsewhere, which I have to, I'd have to think that then the Bucks not making these threes is less about the numbers and more about the quality of looks they're getting, which is how you get swept. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, like it kind of gets you thinking like, what would be the next move for the Bucks? You know, you talked about some options. I mean, like, non-options i should say like you're not trading Giannis. um what what market do you, do you just fire bud and, and give like i guess my 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 th- only thing would be is like is this even a bud problem or is this just like you're going up against a team that's going to beat any team this year and there's nothing you could have done or do about it you know um but you know it it's almost like it'd be great if he they could somehow pair him up with a guy like a Damian Lillard, right? He needs somebody like that offensive talent, and he could be more of a post player um, and and dribble the ball every now and then. But to, to, I think that's what's hurting the Bucks. If if I, you know, like that's what we see constantly throughout the playoffs every single year. It's like like you said, they build a wall. And, and Giannis can't get where he's going. They're allowed to play more physical, so they get away with a little bit more on defense, right? So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens if they do get swept. It's, it's I don't know. It's crazy to me how good the Nets are right now. It's possible. Again, it's possible. Hey, it's just, every game is different. The Bucks mm-hmm. were in game one. It's not over. Right, I agree. But... And I mean, every, a lot of times in, in the playoffs, I mean, there's a reason that, you know, this, the 
these teams make adjustments. There's a reason, there's a reason that um, these guys are paid what they're paid. And there's, there's, it's not like the, the bucks have no idea how they got worked over. Like I guarantee you they're looking at the film and they're looking at stuff and they know what happened. They know why. And, and you're going to make adjustments. The problem is Budenholzer has never been known for making adjustments. Then again, this year props to him. I think <laughs> I don't, don't know that but i think props to him because the team looks way different yeah. they run the, the offense looks way different they they don't look like they have the last two years at all but uh you know blood so compared to holiday is i mean that's it's like night and day right so i'm not willing to just immediately throw in the towel no but the fact that in game one Giannis played 36 minutes Middleton played 36 minutes, even though he wasn't shooting well, whatever. Uh, and then Kyrie and Durant played 44 and 40 minutes. And that game was not out of hand at any point in time. That was Bud's problem last year, or the year before, whatever it was. He's he's sitting his star players, and there's no excuse for it. Someone you can make the argument, well, they were, you know, all year long. We did this. That's the regular season. There is no excuse. He tried to use that excuse last year or whatever. And he's like, well, this is what worked for us this year. Yeah. Okay. That would be like saying in the Maverick series that, you know, this is what's worked for us this year for either, either on Carlisle or Tyloo's side where, you know, Carlisle had to throw Boban out there and play zone. That's not what he did all year, right. and, but he could just proceed to get worked. And you put what he put out there all year and be like, oh, look, it's not working. Weird. <laughs> Who yeah. in their right mind doesn't play their star, their superstar? Giannis is a top five player in the league. Who on earth does not play that guy for an entire quarter's worth of minutes in the most important game of the year? Yeah. Like, I don't care what Edward, oh, but the lead was this and this and this. Giannis was sitting when the game was close, close enough where it wasn't out of hand. That's not acceptable. He was sitting for more than a minute or two to get his, to get a breather. Mm-hmm. He was sitting for an extent. That's it's just not okay. It's not okay. And Budenholzer needs to be out of here if they don't win. Well, yeah. And there's two things, obviously that uh, one thing you mentioned, I just want to hit on. If, if the Bucks start hitting the shots, like they have been all season. Maybe you're right. Maybe they were all open, or maybe it's just they're 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 away and at home. They're gonna hit their shots because that's what role players do. I mean, that could happen. Uh, the other thing I noticed today is they have to stop playing help defense on Kyrie and Kevin Love. I mean, Kevin Love, Kevin Durant, um, because those shooters are just too good to leave open. You know, Joe Harris, Blake Griffin. If and it was the same way when we talked about Luca, you just let Luca score, he's going to get 50 points, whatever. Who cares? Well, you have to stop is the Tim Hardaway's from getting 27, you have to t- stop the other guys from scoring points. You're not going to stop Kevin Durant, you're not going to stop Kyrie Irving, they're going to get their points. Help defense when you when you double down on them or whatever, it's not going to help because they're going to find the open man, and the, the this team is too good at hitting threes. So they need to really just stop doing that, in my opinion. It's just switch it, play man-to-man, and if Kyrie and Kevin Durant get theirs, that's fine. You can't do anything about it, but at least you're not letting the other guys beat you. 
I just think in general too, these guys practice catch and shoot jump shots. Like that that's what they're ready to do. I feel like there's a better chance of guarding Durant and Kyrie one-on-one and hoping they shoot 50% or less and then not allowing anyone else to, and it's easy to say, but I mean, I just watched the Clippers do this with, as you mentioned, Tim Hardaway and Dorian Finney-Smith and these guys. All you, it's going to be tough, but all, all they had to do with Luca was let him get everything he wanted mm-hmm. and eventually he'll start missing because no matter how good of an NBA basketball player you are, you get worn down, you get tired and you stop. Your shot is not going to keep falling for seven games or four or whatever amount is like, it's just not right. So I don't like Durant won't shoot. I mean, I mean, Kawhi just broke a record. He shot 60%. So you'd have to think Durant and Kyrie aren't going to shoot. 50% or better on contested shots, one-on-one scenario. You would have to think not, right. especially because Giannis is a great on-ball defender. Holiday is a great on-ball defender. PJ Tucker is a great on-ball defender. Correct. Make these guys beat you. Do I don't know. I haven't watched, I didn't watch the whole game, but I mean, this game was a blowout from the start, which can happen. It might have nothing to do with any of that other stuff. But in game one, there was definitely some overhelp. And there was some situation from, I recall, I mean, I, I didn't watch the whole game, but when I was watching, I remember thinking, huh, that's unfortunate defense from a team that I believe the Bucks were pretty high up on defense this year. So it was, it, that's, that's what I noticed watching this game. The, when I was watching the game, they would come both that two guys go, go at Kyrie. Kyrie would throw it to Joe Harris wide open for three. It's like, that's what they get. Like, that's what he practices all day is open threes. Like, okay. Like, so I'm just saying like, and Kyrie and Kevin Durant still got their points, you know, like it's like, so you double down on them. They still get their points. Team defense, team defense in the playoffs. I was telling you about what, with, the Clippers, I feel like they're playing their best, mostly on the defensive end, mm-hmm. and that's that's what really matters. You, you guys, the whole, all of your guys need to be able to assess what's going on, and then work in unison with each other. Oh, he's got that rotation. That means I slide to here to guard this or this, mm-hmm. and that's especially important when they have three superstars on their team. And yep there but it's especially important for that because these guys exploit every weakness they they're that good you have to be prepared 100 on defense you can't you can't be half-hearted out there or not know where you're going or any of that and boy um they got kicked in the teeth tonight my goodness yeah so okay well so i have the Nets in seven. That's what I picked before the series. And you, you picked. I picked Bucks in six before the series, Ryan. Yeah. And if you told me to readjust it right now, I would take Nets in five. Okay. Good readjustment. I would say, I would say, I would agree with that. I think Nets in five. Um, I would honestly say the Bucks get game four. That's the one I would say. That's the one I'm going to. So hopefully. There you go. I think, yeah. I think they can get game four. 
if they win this next, if these they win these next two, it's back up. Hey, it's and right that, back where it started. And it's good, but I mean, the they conversation given, we just had doesn't matter at that point. <laughs> like the they haven't given us any reason to think that's going to happen. Right. You know, it's just, and, and I mean, you watch the nets and it's just. And that's yeah. the other thing. This might just be a hard, high bar for any team too. So it's just like, how do you judge a team like that? It's like when, when teams would lose to the, the warriors, like when they had Durant, it's like, how do you, how do you evaluate that? Like LeBron James had a really good team in Cleveland and people are like, well, LeBron James doesn't have enough help. And they're right because they were going up against the Warriors. It's like, of course he didn't have enough help. But anyway, that's where we'll stop. So hopefully uh, you guys enjoyed the podcast. Uh, thanks, Luke, for joining me. Sure thing, man. No yeah. problem. Uh, I enjoy talking to you. Um, hopefully we can do this again for the next round. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast, NBA Part 2. Uh, where we broke down each series. Uh, if you haven't, go back and listen to part one. We talked about some of the teams that were eliminated, a little bit about the Portland problem, uh, the Mavs, and many other things. I really hope you guys enjoyed listening. Um, if you would like to see when I drop more podcasts, please follow me on Instagram, uh, nuttybuddy underscore entertainment, or, and or, Nuttybuddy underscore sports. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, if you have predictions of your own, nuttybuddy at gmail.com. Thanks again so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy your day.